Welcome to Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Greising, President and CEO of the BGA, here with us every Wednesday morning. And certainly a lot to talk about. David, good morning to you. Good morning, Jim. Well, let's dive right into it this morning. A big, big day uh, yesterday at the Illinois State House as the special investigative committee looking into House Speaker Mike Madigan had a lot of uh, procedural uh, battles. Uh, we had a lengthy opening statement from the House Republican leader, Jim Durkin, who may be back as a witness in all of this. And we had some uh, pretty remarkable testimony from a Commonwealth Edison executive. Uh, and whether you are on my Mike Madigan's side or you're against him. There was a little something for everybody in there. Uh, David, uh, sort of sum this up for us. And uh, are, are we any closer to the end of the Madigan era after that uh, fascinating day yesterday in Springfield? Well, it's really hard to say. As you know, Speaker Madigan so far is declining to participate in this process, calling it a political stunt. But the most interesting revelation yesterday was that David Glockner, the chief compliance officer for Commonwealth Edison, uh, acknowledged that uh, a request to put Juan Alcoa onto the Commonwealth Edison Board of Directors came directly from Madigan's office. This has been one of the problems with the case so-called against Mike Madigan, who says he has denied any wrongdoing whatsoever. This is the first direct tie that has surfaced so far to Madigan's office. And if it proves out, it could be trouble for the speaker. And to, to answer the question you put out at the beginning, it could be the beginning of some serious trouble uh, that would give this panel uh, the kind of cause to consider censuring the speaker. Uh, Mike Madigan, of course, says there is nothing illegal or even unusual about lawmakers recommending people for jobs in either the public or the private sector. Uh, the Commonwealth Edison executive acknowledged that, in fact, they get lots of requests uh, to consider people for jobs, including apparently from Jim Durkin, the Republican leader who brought this complaint uh, against Mike Madigan. He also said that uh, while he cannot say that he knows that Mike Madigan had any direct knowledge of all of this, he did say that Commonwealth Edison took part in this bribery scheme with the express intent of trying to influence Mike Madigan uh, and get favorable legislation there. Uh, but uh, right now, as you noted, David, uh, the, the threads that directly connect Mike Madigan to all of this are, are not very many and they're not very prominent at this point. Uh, say what you will about Mike Madigan, but even in the worst case scenario, he's a guy who's pretty good at covering his tracks. No doubt. Uh, it looks as if almost all of the dealings with ComEd went through Mike McLean, his longtime political ally. But Mike McLean is not Mike Madigan. And this is a problem that the, the federal uh, government will face if it does bring charges ultimately against Madigan. Um, this is a problem that uh, Jim Durkin and the others who are seeking some sort of uh, legislature uh, action against Mad Madigan uh, also face. Uh, the, the the fact that they're going against Jim Durkin is quite interesting. Durkin supported uh, the Future Energy Jobs Act, which succeeded in keeping open two uh, nuclear plants, the one in Quad Cities and one in Clinton. And they're trying to make a big deal out of, well, you were in bed with Commonwealth Edison, too. And it's interesting when they're saying that this whole thing is a political stunt, that they come up with a stunt like this. I'm not sure the relevance of the fact that uh, Leader Durkin supported a bill for what 
for whatever purpose, we don't know. We don't know if there's anything untoward uh, about that part of it. But but it is interesting that they're trying to dirty up Durkin a little bit in the course of this hearing. They're going to make the argument that uh, if it's wrong for Mike Madigan to uh, to ask uh, for, for jobs on behalf of people and then to support legislation for the folks giving them jobs, then it's just as wrong for Jim Durkin to do that, too. Uh, it, it's a message that, that could resonate to the extent that anybody's paying attention to any of this at all. For a lot of folks, I think it seems just like, you know, another day of business as usual at the State House. What was uh, equally interesting to watch in this evenly split bipartisan uh, committee, three Democrats, three Republicans, is the continued clashes, the tug of war over procedure. And after most of the main potential witnesses declined to come and speak voluntarily, Republicans wanted to issue subpoenas and Democrats blocked them. Absolutely. There's all kinds of games being played. Uh, one of the, Another interesting one is that uh, the question of whether Jim Durkin, who has led this effort, can be allowed to uh, examine witnesses. And they came up with a compromise. Durkin was made, allowed to make an opening statement. But the rules of this procedure indicate that if you're the one who brings the complaint, you don't get to question witnesses. Uh, so they're, they're, they're really digging in here. This is one of the most in, intricate and intriguing uh, purely political battles that we've seen in the state house in some long time. We're talking with David Grising, president and CEO of the Better Government Association. Uh, and, and David, it's worth noting just as uh, as an aside in all of this, one of the at least for the moment uh, kind of fringe players in all of this is the former head of an entity called the City Club of Chicago. Uh, he is someone who uh, apparently was also part of Mike Madigan's inner circle. Uh, and the City Club is a, an entity that brings uh, guest speakers in pretty influential in Chicago. Uh, he wound up having to step down when he was linked to all of this. And just by coincidence, you're going to speak before that group today. <laughs> yeah, quite, quite interesting. Absolutely. And what we've seen here is some testimony from a former ComEd uh, official, the head of their government affairs, uh, who um, Fidel Marquez, who said that um, Mike McLean basically would ask him to move people around from McLean's firm to uh, Jay Doherty's firm. Jay Doherty is the former uh, head of the City Club for many, many years, and it's been revealed that he has been a person of interest in this investigation, and he has been subpoenaed to testify before this very group that we're talking about. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm speaking to the City Club about this whole issue of ethics. I've, you know, the, the BGA, my organization, has put forward a lengthy uh, ethics reform package that we believe the legislature should consider in its effort to clean up uh, government in Illinois. And that's the topic of the speech. I'm going to get into the history of ethics reform in the state of Illinois, which is a very ineffective and disappointing track record to this point, and calling on the legislature to take up ethics reform in a serious way, a way in which it has never really seriously addressed a problem that now has touched so many people in the legislature, including the Speaker of the House, Mike Madigan. And you do have to wonder, if not now, when, with uh, multiple lawmakers uh, under indictment or uh, already on their way to jail in the last couple of years, with the Speaker under a cloud, you have to, to wonder if, if 
If this doesn't finally serve as the impetus to do something meaningful about ethics at the state house, will anything ever uh, provide that impetus? When we come back here on Full Disclosure, we're going to delve into uh, a deep dive from the Better Government Association, looking at a state law that is supposed to help minority-owned businesses get a toehold in some of these lucrative uh, state contracts or the ability to to actually get some uh, some benefit here in the state. A law that was supposed to help them is being widely ignored for the most part. The BGA took a close look. We'll delve into that next here. Full disclosure on the WMAY morning news feed. BGA President and CEO David Greising is with us, and the BGA this week is out with an important article looking at a state law intended to protect minority-owned businesses. It might do that if anybody were actually enforcing this law. David, walk us through it. Yeah, there's a very important program called the Economic Development for a Growing Economy Program. It's a statewide program to provide investment incentives, tax breaks for uh, companies that are making investments in Illinois. We looked into the record three years ago, uh, the state began requiring disclosure of uh, the the use of minority and women-owned businesses in this program, what their diversity track records are. And uh, it turns out, sadly, that uh, basically there's no enforcement of the requirements that companies um, uh, do work with minority and women-owned businesses. Um, There is, we found several companies that made no disclosures whatsoever in compliance with this uh, uh, new requirement. And some companies made disclosures and just simply saying, you know, we don't track that stuff. (laughs) And um, we found that, uh, you know, 119 companies that had more than $150 million in tax credits uh, uh, did, did not comply. 61 firms that did file the required reports, nearly three quarters of them said they had none of the data that the new law required. And it's really just shows you that it's one thing to pass a law seeking diversity in uh, economic opportunity in this state. It's an entirely different thing to enforce it and to make sure that these companies comply. We've got to note this is a bipartisan failing. These problems began in the Rauder administration, but they're continuing in the Pritzker administration. And David, yeah, as you know, and I'm sure there were no shortage of people willing to uh, pat themselves on the back for striking a blow for diversity. But it doesn't mean anything if you're not actually holding companies to those standards. What what should be happening here uh, in terms of what uh, if a company isn't complying or is only uh, basically providing no information, what should the consequences be under this law? Well, there uh, there are penalties uh, for, for noncompliance. And they also, the, the, more to the point, if companies are not showing a record of doing business with um, uh, with minority and women-owned businesses, they can be excluded from consideration for future tax breaks. So, so there, there actually are some uh, fairly serious consequences. But that presupposes that the state actually is enforcing uh, these measures. And that's where uh, we were seeing that the state really completely dropped the ball here. This is where, again, the work of uh, the BGA is so important, shining a light uh, on some of these things and hopefully uh, lighting a fire under our current uh, elected leadership to do something about it. At this point, uh, apparently all we've gotten uh, from the governor's office is a statement saying the governor is uh, deeply committed to diversity but not indicating any concrete steps being taken to make sure this law is enforced. We'll keep an eye on that one very carefully. David, unfortunately, we are out of time on this uh, this Wednesday morning. Uh, definitely go 
check out the BGA's website for information on that. Uh, their PolitiFact fact check service and lots more. David, how do people find you and the BGA the rest of the week? I'm at DGreising at BetterGov.org, D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at BetterGov.org. And our website is BetterGov.org. And people can clue into that City Club speech by going to the City Club's website, City Club of Chicago. Yeah, definitely. They do live stream that. You can check that out uh, later today. David Grison, we'll talk to you next Wednesday morning here. Full disclosure. See you then. Thank you.